This is Journey Church Podcast. Here at Journey, we believe in encountering God and embracing people. From wherever you're listening, we hope you are encouraged by this week's message. So please pray for her. You know, sometimes when things happen, they just all happen at once. So uh, I don't know what's going on, but I know God's got her and she's going to be fine. But thank you for your prayers and your support. Uh, Today... We are uh, continuing in our little mini-series, the New Testament. There's about 13 times uh, what theologians would call um, post-resurrection of Jesus, where he appeared to people before he ascends into heaven. Okay, so we see this 13 different times. He appears to people after the resurrection. He appears to two women uh, near the tomb. He appears to another two men walking on the road to Emmaus. He appears to the disciples. He appears to like 500 of the brethren. Uh, he appears at a meal. Hey, that would be really cool. Jesus isn't just showing up at a meal. He takes the disciples fishing, so he goes to the beach, and then he goes into the mountains and goes for a hike with the disciples. He appears 13 times in the scripture. We read this. And in Matthew 28, he appeared to the disciples before the ascension. Now, If you don't know what the ascension is, um, this is when Jesus ascended into heaven. He ascended into the clouds. I mean, I can't imagine what this would have looked like, but but I'm thinking about this being, like, amazing. Like, Jesus is here, right? And all of a sudden, like, you know, I don't know exactly what it would have, but just, just gone or just like sounds. I, I try to get this into my head. I don't really know what happened. We don't go into detail in the scripture, but I can just imagine it was like a blink of an eye. He's gone into heaven. And so before he ascends into the clouds, he gives the disciples their divine assignment. And he told them to do the very same thing that he tells us to do. And that is to go into all the world and tell the story of what just happened. That's the job for us today. To tell the gospel that that Jesus is the Son of God, that he was without sin, that he became sin, that he took on the sin on his self, that he died on a cross, but the good news is that he rose after three days, amen, so that anyone who believes in him, the Bible says, that he would be forgiven, and we are to tell the whole world. This is the good news of the gospel. So Jesus tells them that, and there's a verse in Matthew's gospel, chapter 28. Matthew 28, 16 and 17, the very same chapter uh, of the resurrection, right? So we read about the resurrection that so many people miss. Because when you hear about the resurrection, that's a pretty awesome part of the story. And we miss this part, and it says this. Then the eleven disciples left for Galilee, going to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him. Okay, you with me? They saw him, they worshipped him. And here's some really key words. But some of them doubted. 
When they saw Jesus, they worshipped him, but some of them doubted. Now, when they saw the risen Christ, they worshipped him, but some of them, the Bible says, doubted. Today, we're in our mini-series, I Doubt It. If you missed last week, go back online, listen to it. We talked about dealing with our insecurities. Amen. There's a lot of us dealing with insecurities. If you're not dealing with insecurities, God bless you. Uh, we're not going to worship you, but at some point and some time, God's going to deal with you, and uh, you, you'll, you'll all feel what it's like to feel insecure at times. But with God's strength, we can make it. Amen. There's some hope here, right? So today, we're talking about I doubt it again, but we're doc- talking about dealing with your doubt. Dealing with your doubt. Now, let me make an observation to start off with here that I've noticed about human nature. I don't know why this happens, but it happens. That when we see something that's going bad in someone's life, it's often very encouraging, isn't it? What's wrong with us? We love to see failure in other people's lives, don't we? Don't you pretend like this doesn't happen. You know, you all stare at me, not me, Pastor. I've been praying while I'm dealing with my doubts. Have you ever noticed that? It just, just kind of happens, right? Like the disciples could see Jesus, the resurrected Christ. Like there he is in front of their eyes and still have some doubts. Makes me feel so much better. Way better. That they're as dumb as you and I. You know, they could could see the risen Christ and still have some doubts. It's a weird thing about human nature. That when someone else is struggling, man, it makes you feel very good about yourself, doesn't it? Like, like for example, uh, just before Easter, the Sunday before Easter, so it was Palm Sunday, I, I came home from church that Sunday. It's a great morning. And my, my throat is like kind of, <clears throat> you know, it's just really felt like, you know, two knives were like being jammed in my throat. Okay, I don't, I'm sorry I gave you that picture this morning, but, but it, it, was, it was just hurting me really badly. And uh, I had this terrible pain. Um, was, I'm talking to my wife, you know, I can't, yeah, it's, my throat's really sat, just terribly hurting me here. And I can remember saying, just saying to me, my wife saying, take the test. Now, during this COVID era that we live in, take the test. What does that mean? Like, you know what that means, right? I don't have to say, take the test. And I said, what test? What test? What? The COVID test. Okay, take the COVID test. It's, you know, if you have a sore throat, you got to take. Okay, okay, okay. I don't really love sticking a huge stick up my nose and twirling around there for what? Like an hour, it seems like it, and just make you cry. And it's like, why am I doing this? I got to take this dumb test jamming it up there, and I'm crying, and and just a few seconds later, victory! Praise the Lord. We have a double plus. Yes, two lines. We have COVID. I guess I just go, I guess it's my turn, right? And you know what some people said? Well, I'm so glad to hear that. I mean, they didn't say it, but you know, you got welcome to the club. You know, two years, like, welcome to the club, you know. So glad that my pain is your blessing. So thankful for that to happen to me today. 
You know, I didn't know pastors really went through hard things. You know, I thought you guys were like immune. It's weird how people perceive things. And I can remember another time. I was just going to the mall shopping. I, this is really strange. I was going to the mall shopping. I don't know what, what I was there for. This is years ago. The kids are getting something. There I am walking around the mall, and, and someone runs up to me, Pastor Dave. Oh, oh, oh. Is that you? Pastor Dave, you're in a mall? What are you doing in the mall? <laughs> well, normally I have my people purchase things for me. <laughs> I go to the mall. Like, what's... Who do you think I am? Like, I'm a regular dude. Like, I go to the mall, I get things. And it's funny about human nature, right? Like, that, that when we see other people's struggles, sometimes it just makes us feel better. It makes me feel so much better that the disciples saw the resurrected Christ and some of them still doubted. Why? Why? Because I can feel so close to God sometimes. I can feel like God is so close to me and then still have some doubts. Now, maybe you can relate to this. There are times when it's like God is so real. It feels like I can almost touch him. Like, I could just feel him. I'm, I'm in his presence. I'm worshiping the Lord, and, and I believe he's with me, and he's so good, and it's amazing, and it's awesome. Like, if you said, if, if God's not real to me in that moment, well, I'd say, well, your mama's not real. Like, you know, like, like I, you, you couldn't convince me that God's not real. It's that personal. Then there are times when I can be in church, Maybe you've had this experience where you're surrounded by people. Man, their pastor, you know, just, just really good. And Abel is like playing all the right songs that morning. Like he's playing my set list for Jesus today. Because, you know, sometimes I don't like that other song. But this song's oh, wow, that's, that's anointed, that song. It brings me into the presence of God. But not that one. I don't really care about that. But anyway, so, like, I feel it. I'm, feel, I'm in the presence of God. It's good, surrounded by people, and there's no, really no reason to doubt. And then I would say to myself, is this real? Is this really happening? I mean, let's face it. Sometimes we've prayed for things. And God didn't seem to really answer your prayers. Whew. I've got to feel the weight of that. I think some of you in this room today, you've been, you've been calling on God for some things. You're just like, God, where are you? I'm not hearing the answer to my prayer today. You just don't seem to answer me. It can sometimes feel like, God, are you real and in Christian circles, let me tell you this. What if you have some real doubts? Some doubts that you're working through, but you're afraid to ask. You're, you're not sure how you address some of those issues. What are people going to say? What are they going to think if I actually present this doubt that I have? You might want to share it, but you feel guilty or you feel ashamed and like, 
you know, people think of me a certain way, and I've got to play the Christian game, and hallelujah, how are you today? God bless you, brother and sister, and, and you know, you got to put on the Christian face, and, and to actually have some doubts about your faith just seems like you're going to be put aside. And I'm convinced more and more people want to ask questions. You feel guilty and you feel ashamed. I believe that there are some people who are leaving the church today. Not because God isn't good, but because they have questions that they don't feel safe to ask in the context of the church culture. I believe that there are just people who feel like they just can't safely express their doubts. I think some people don't want to let others know they have doubts. So we kind of play this game in church. Let me just say this. I'm kind of tired of playing the churchy game. Tired of it. I'm sure you're tired of it. You ever battle with doubts? You ever have these doubts? Well, why do we doubt? kind of what I want to look at today. Why do we doubt? I think there's a few reasons why we doubt today. There's several reasons, in fact, and, and one of them is that there are questions that you can't answer, right? So you have some doubts, like, like somebody's got some questions for me, and I wish I could give them the right answer, but I don't have the answer. I don't know what to do. I'm not, I'm not educated enough. I don't have all the the, the eloquent ways of describing it. There's people far smarter and more articulate than I am, and I just don't have the answers to the question. And so you get reading Scripture, and sometimes you just don't have the answer. It seems like sometimes the Word of God is just, it's complicated. It's, it's a mystery. It's beyond my comprehension. I don't know how to articulate the doubts that I have. Other times, there are these situations that seem unfair, right? There are situations that just seem unfair in this world. Like when I prayed for that miracle that God didn't seem to care. And I prayed, and I prayed, and I've been asking, I've been fasting, and I'm on my knees, and it just doesn't seem like God's answering my prayer. But the other person, they don't even know Jesus, and God's answering their prayers, that doesn't seem fair. What about this global world situation that we're facing today? It's difficult. It's hard to make sense of it all. Like innocent children all around the world who are faced with suffering beyond imaginable. It's difficult. Like innocent people in our world who are being murdered, the war situation in the Ukraine, all around the world, all kinds of devastation that are taking place. Let's not even go to the place where we hear about gun violence in our schools all across North America. Like, it's just crazy. Is there God? Is there a God? Sometimes it's because there are hurts you just can't resolve. You can't seem to make sense of the hurt. Like maybe someone you trusted. 
Someone that you thought was trustworthy did something horrible. Or you felt like the church was a safe place. And unfortunately, it wasn't as safe as you thought. Sometimes talking to all the I'm talking to all of the Christians in this room here today. Sometimes we as Christians, we make it even worse. There's some Christians I would say, don't have a lot of grace. And you felt there's just not a lot of room or there's not a lot of flexibility. They would say things like, well, the Bible says it. If it's in the Bible, I believe it. Everything seems to be black and white. And if it's not, you know, have you ever noticed that? Sometimes the world is just complicated. It's hard to make sense of what's going on. And when someone has a question but doesn't feel heard or can't find an answer, someone hurts them. Maybe they have a theological question or they feel let down or there's a situation. If there's not enough bend, so to speak, in this situation, the stick is going to break. And sometimes when people have questions, it feels like the only option really is just to walk away from God. I don't have my answers. I want to show you this today. That your doubts handled properly can actually strengthen your faith. Your doubts don't have to take you away from God. Your doubts actually can draw you closer to God because it's so important to understand this today, that your faith is a journey. It's not a destination. Let me say that again. Your faith is a journey. It's not a destination. That's why we named the church Journey Church. We're on a, a walk with Christ we're on a, all on a journey of faith. We have not yet arrived. You know, you don't just show up one day and maybe God's done something in your life. You don't just come to church saying like, okay, here I am. I got it all figured out. I got faith. Right? I have an MBA in faith. I got my master's in faith. I got my PhD in faith. I figured this out. Here I am. I have perfect faith. Okay, what's next? I mean, we don't ever really arrive like that, do we? So important. I want to just talk for a minute to those of you who are parents. For the parents in the room, I want you to hear this. For some of you, you have raised your kids in the church, and at some point, don't be surprised if your children begin to wrestle, and they begin to doubt, and they begin to start asking some questions. If that happens, can I just say this, parents? Don't panic. When they start to ask the hard questions, what I want you to do, mom and dad, is, you know, the truth is they've, been, they've grown up watching you. They've been watching your faith. They've been seeing how you react to situations in your life and 
issues in your life, and, and maybe they're just wondering, can I make your faith my faith? It, it may not be a bad thing. They just may have to ask some real sincere, real tough questions, hard, complicated questions, so that they can say, this is now my faith. If there's questions, if there's doubt, it's not a time to panic, parents. Not a time to doubt. It's a time to process. I want you to hear this, that the church and the home should be the safest places in the world to ask the tough questions. They should be safe places. You got questions? You have doubts? Bring them on. We're going to seek the Lord together. We're going to ask the Lord to help you understand some of the doubts and the questions you have. I hope you'll dis discover this. As John 20, 24, and 25 says, that the strongest faith isn't a faith that never doubts. The strongest faith is a faith that grows through your doubts. Let's look at the example of Thomas after the resurrection. One of the 12 disciples, Thomas, nicknamed the twin, was not with the others when Jesus came. They told him, we have seen the Lord. Now, in the Greek language, this is kind of funny because um, the verb is the active tense, meaning it's been stated over and over and over and over again. Like, like your kid in the back seat when you're on a, a long you know, road trip journey. Uh, you know, are we there yet? Are we there yet? Are we, you know what I'm talking about, right? Are we there yet? It's like, have we seen the Lord? Have we seen the Lord? But Thomas replies, I won't believe it unless I see the nail wounds in his hands. I put my fingers there and place my hand in the wound in his side. And that's the reason why Thomas was known as Doubting Thomas. And I'm here to tell you today that I think we've given Thomas kind of a bad rap. My goal is to help us to dignify his doubts. I want, I want us to help this guy out because the only reason that the other guys believe is because they saw Jesus. That's it. I believe there are many of you here today, like you, like me, and Thomas, that want to see before you believe. Amen? I would like to see before I believe. Thomas was a realist. He just wanted to know. Some of you are just like Thomas. You haven't seen. You haven't experienced yet what everyone's talking about. You just want to know for yourself if this is real. Now, Thomas is like some of you here today. He had been probably through some stuff. Some difficult things in his life. I'm imagining he probably had some very real disappointments, some very real heartaches, some very real, very complicated questions that he was asking. And just become, because you have questions today doesn't make you bad. Questions make you human. Questions are good. 
In fact, it was Oswald Chambers that said, doubt is not always a sign that a man is wrong. It may be a sign that he is thinking. Is that good? Your doubts don't disqualify your faith. In fact, if I were to rank the disciples as your pastor in order of their spiritual strength and greatness in faith, I'd, I'd put Thomas right up at the top. Why? Well, one reason, in the story of Lazarus. Lazarus died, and for four days he was dead, okay? So here's dead Lazarus, he's dead for four days, and, and the Bible says he began to stinketh. I think that was the spiritual way of saying he, he smells. And in John's Gospel, in John 11, uh, it says this in verse 14, So then Jesus told them plainly, Lazarus is dead, let us go to him. Then Thomas, also known as Didymus, said to the rest of the disciples, Let us go, that we may die with him. Now that's not fear. That's not fear that Thomas is, is showing here. That's courage. Thomas, hey, if they're going to kill us, let's be with him. Let's be with, with Jesus when they do. Let's not lack that's not lack of faith. It's tremendous faith that Thomas is showing here. There was another time in John, John 14 when Jesus said, I'm going to go away, but when I go away, I'm going to prepare some really cool mansions for you. I'm going to get some, some really cool cribs. Like We're going to get things ready, and it's going to be really awesome. I'm going to prepare a place for you. And Thomas says, Jesus, we don't know where you're going. Where are you going? So how can we go where you're going if we don't know where you're going? Like, just tell me, oh, Jesus, we want to be there. That's his sincere question. There's a guy saying, I want to go where you're going. Jesus, please answer my questions. I just need some details. Caitlin, if you look around the room right now, you know the person sitting on the left or the right. There are some people just have some, they're detail people. Okay, we're going to just hang out next Friday night. Well, what are we going to do? What time are we going? How much money is this going to cost me? Is it going to be fun? Who's going to be there? I'm looking for a woman. I don't know who is going to... I'm not looking for a woman, just, say, just saying. <laughs> Work with me here. Right? He's just sincere. I want to go with you where you're going. Jesus, please, just answer my questions. I need some details. Thomas just wanted to know for himself. So if your kids, or maybe you, start to have some questions, this is not a time to panic. It's a time to process. I love how Jesus responded to Thomas's doubt in John 20, 26. The New Living Translation says it this way. Eight days later, the disciples were together again. And this time, Thomas was with them. Did you catch that? Eight days later, even in the middle of his doubts, he still had questions. He still had some doubts. Even when he wasn't sure, Thomas showed up. Come on. If there is anyone here today who has doubts, let me applaud you. Because guess what? You showed back up. 
here you are today. You might have some real doubts, but you're here. The Bible says this in John 20, 26 to 28. The doors were locked, but suddenly, as before, Jesus was standing among them. Peace be with you, he says. Then he said to Thomas, put your finger here and look at my hands. Put your hand in the wound in my side. Don't be faithless any longer. Believe, he says. My Lord and my God, Thomas exclaimed. What did Jesus do with Thomas's doubts? How did he respond to a doubter? Jesus came to Thomas and gave him exactly what he needed. In mo one moment, he was doubting, and the next moment, he was shouting. Like some of you who are going to be doing this, when he touches you, when he changes you, when he transforms you, you will shout and ex be excited about what God's done in your life. Proving to you that God is not distant in your doubts. I think somebody needs to hear this today. Jesus is not a standoff Savior. He is willing to be touched. If he feels far away to you today, reach out to him. Because he's reaching out to you. You can ask questions. You can take your frustrations to him. Ref wrestle through some of the tough questions you have. You can tell him that you don't understand. I don't really get it, Jesus. What's going on? Thomas asked questions because Thomas needed answers. And you might have some questions because you need some answers today. I'm going to encourage you to trust that God will meet you on the other side of your questions, on the other side of your doubt. What happened? Thomas got answers. Thomas served faithfully. History tells us that Thomas was martyred for his faith because he would not stop sharing his faith. The same guy who had questions is now telling everyone about his faith, proving to us that when you have questions, when you have doubts, your doubts don't disqualify you from your faith. So what's going to happen? That in some point in your life, you're going to have some questions, maybe some questions from a friend, maybe some questions from a brother or sister, someone you work with has some questions and you have a doubt, a, a moment of insecurity comes over you and you're, you're going to want to answer and, and you don't have the answer and the, your spiritual enemy, the devil, he's working and he's going to try to use that doubt that you're struggling through and drive you away from God. He'll say all sorts of things that just aren't true. I came here to tell somebody today that God can use your doubt and draw you to himself. That's what God wants to do. God is so good. Jesus came to Thomas in the middle of his doubts. Let me just share with you a 
my own personal experience in this. Just in the last few months, this this happened. I'm sitting in my my usual spot over here on a Sunday morning. Sitting here. I think I was standing in the time and you know, the worship was good. Team, you were doing a great job. You were worshiping the Lord and people were entering in and it was a just a great place. And I'm sitting here and I I'm thinking to myself, I, I can't believe it's Sunday again. Feels like I'm in a bit of a, a rat, it, it, like a hamster on a wheel. I feel like, what's going on? I'm in my spot in this regular place in worship, and I feel like this is happening. Like maybe it's Groundhog Day. Like, you know, like it's the same thing over and over again. Like, like when am I going to see my shadow? When is this going to be over? I, I'm not really sure if what I'm doing is really helpful. I'm not sure as a pastor I'm, I'm really good at this. I'm not sure that I, I have all the answers that people need. I'm not sure I can continue on. I, and and I, why am I doing this? Are the questions that are going through my mind, through my head. What if this isn't real? Like, I'm here. I'm worshiping. And then I can remember the sound of my son, my little guy, Eli. We're on a walk, walking the dog, and he says to me one day, Hey, Dad, what if, what if heaven and hell aren't real? What if everything we believe in is not real? Then what? I said to him, it took, took me by surprise. When your 11-year-old kid asks you these questions and you're the strong man of faith, what do you say? And I just shared with him my faith journey. I shared with him how the Word of God is, is my light, it's my guide, it's my strength. But even even knowing the Word of God, it had to be my experience of who Jesus is in my life that makes all the difference in the world. And so when I have doubts, I've got the Word and I have my experience, and, and so I'm, I'm sharing this with Him. And so I'm having this crisis moment in the worship service. I'm about to preach, share something, encourage the body of Christ having a crisis of faith. And I had this vision of my son talking to me and reminded me about, about what, what our conversation was. And then I can remember talking about this faith in Jesus that in, even in the middle of my doubts, talking about my own experience, my own faith journey, I realized that in that moment, faith isn't the absence of doubt. Faith is the means to push through it. Faith is the means to push through it, even when you have doubt. I want us to stand to our feet all across this place. I want us to just worship. 
We're going to sing the song we sang at the beginning of the, the service today. And I want us to engage. I want us to hear the words. I want you to just ask God, God, come alive in me right now. Come alive in me in my doubts. I'm going to have faith to push through. Come on, go ahead and start, start leading us today. That in the middle of your doubts, you can just press through in faith. Keep believing and trusting and letting him show you. Thank you for joining us today on Journey Church Podcast. For more information about our ministry, visit myjourney.church.